welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Peter Wasmer, a serial entrepreneur. He knows a lot about businesses and he'll be helping us understand exactly what it takes to be an entrepreneur, how one can generate small business value through automation. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you very much, AJ. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome to the show. You are welcome many small businesses, uh, which you help with a lot of people, not only in India, but outside will get to benefit from you. So firstly, my, my uh, question to you, Peter, is to understand you are a senior entrepreneur. You have had many companies, you run many companies. What does it actually take to be an entrepreneur? Is it, is it a gift? Is it a special talent? Can anybody be an entrepreneur? How, what is it that you have that you are a serial entrepreneur? And what is it that people are still, several of them who do not want to be, you know, working, but they are not able to take that risk to be an entrepreneur? What is it? that it takes to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, it's a great question. I'm, I often have a chance to talk about what's that first step. And um, from the first step through every step of every day, the first, I, I start with faith, um, which is uh, a little unusual for a business guy to talk about faith, but um, anybody who's had a chance to uh, try anything new. There's got to be some measure of faith that, that, that goes along with it. So I have uh, faith in my capabilities. Um, and, uh, and I also have faith that if I don't know the uh, next right thing to do, it will, it will be shown to me, <laughs> whether it's through networking with other people or whether it's through uh, uh, conversations, reading, learning, um, and really just candidly being very uh, open to exploring and, and learning along the way. So faith is a number one uh, uh, facet of, of any entrepreneur, I think. Uh, secondly, I think the, one of the things that I try, to, I try to lean on are identifying what my strengths are and then leaning into those uh, and then hiring um, excellent candidates for the parts where I'm not strong. And so there's a, there's a component of being able to, of knowing yourself and what you're able to do and pushing into those and then being able to support that with, a, with, uh, with people that can help uh, offset the areas that I'm, I'm not very strong in. Uh, as an, a, a good example is I'm, I'm fairly good at marketing, fairly good at communicating, uh, but I'm not very good at uh, accounting uh, I'm certainly no good at coding. I, I'm not a I'm not a computer coder, so I need to find excellent talent. Uh, I'm fairly good at hiring people. I've learned a lot of painful lessons about um, uh, building teams, and that is probably one of the strengths I like to lean into the most is finding uh, excellent team members. And you know, look if some people. Um, my my job as an entrepreneur is to find the people with a god-given talent and give them the runway to go ahead and use it and if it works out great 
if it doesn't work out, if there isn't a fit, we have a conversation about it, move on and and uh, go our separate ways. But uh, that those are those are some of the attributes I think about when you ask the question about being an entrepreneur. You know, there's faith, a little bit of knowledge about yourself. And I think a lot of people don't talk about this because a lot of people are chasing uh, money. And I think the big I think the big thing for entrepreneurs is what is the larger purpose? What's the purpose? You know, if you want to be a great accountant and you understand what it would take to build a great accounting platform or a great accounting business, you should do that. Uh, you should not go into uh, becoming a um, uh, a home builder, for example. You know, there's just so there's different strokes for different folks. And if you find if you know your strength, you can certainly lean into that. So that probably would give somebody a lot more confidence to take that first step without being afraid of the unknowns. Just know who you are and, and what your higher purpose is. Right. Right, Peter. Well, well explained. Now, you started your entrepreneurship journey uh, much earlier to all these noises that we get to hear about, uh, about being independent, living your own life. Uh, before that, you just decided about this, what you wanted to do in terms of entrepreneurship by knowing yourself, by discovering your own strengths. And mm. as you started with, you know, spirituality, purpose and having faith on yourself. What about today's, especially the younger generation, they get to hear a lot of noises, a lot of voices or whether you go on LinkedIn, whether you go on any other place, almost constantly you get to hear be your own boss do yeah. what you want and and a person who is just 21 22 it's a very difficult stage it's a state to learn a lot and when you get to hear about uh, being independent they understand it's about entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and so how would you tell and there is nothing wrong with that but how do they actually get to take that right decision? That mm. right, whether I should learn or whether I should earn independently. How do I know? It's easy. Uh, one can say, you can say that, okay, know your strengths. I know your strengths. But is it enough to sell independently? Will somebody pay for that service if I go independent? So guide us here with your, with your wisdom with your understanding, because a lot of people work for you uh, in all your companies. So how should I know whether what I know, what I don't know, and whether it is enough for me to take that leap into small business, business entrepreneurship at, at this point in time when I am not very sure? How do I take that? Maybe later on, but not now. So how do I look at this whole scenario? How do you look at, guide this a lot of young people who want to get into independent work. Yeah, that's a boy, what a that's a really compelling place to start because I know as a as a young man, I always had a really hard time with um, having people you know, people telling me what to do. I I just couldn't stand it, and I just wanted to just do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And um, and I tried that a couple of times, and I lost 
a lot of credibility and I lost a lot of money. <laughs> so <laughs> my own money. So um, what I found uh, candidly was it was really important to be part of a successful operation, no matter what it is, um, and to understand how successful operations work and how people work with each other. Um, for me, the disciplines associated with people, with, with companies that were successful, um, they created a sense of boundary for me in terms of what we, what we could learn from what was working at those companies. Um, it helped me to be, you know, a good observer, uh, and also to be, uh, it taught me how to be a good partner. You know, I think one of the things that uh, early entrepreneurs think is that, oh, I'll just, I'll go ahead and I'll hang my shingle up and I'll be the, the, the latest and greatest, I don't know, uh, influencer. Well, you know, the most successful influencers in the, in, the, in the country, in the world, they have a plan. And I think, I think so, I think some, and they've had experience with understanding what it means to be an influencer. So there's, there's this concept that it looks so free and it looks so good on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or, or something else. And, and it looks uh, very free and very easy. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into every one of those um, uh, influencers. Uh, yeah, they get to go travel around and they look great in their pictures, but there's a lot of planning that goes into it. You know, there's an expected outcome that they're looking for by doing what they're doing. There's a lot of work with making connections with the right people to expand that focus and that platform. So even at the, at the most basic, simple, um, and I'll use the word narcissistic level, right? Because this is the, this is the, this is the pandemic of the 21st century is this fabulous capacity to only want to be focused on me. It might look that way, but the really good ones are not focused exclusively on themselves. They know that they have a team of people to, to uh, report to uh, and that they're serving a higher purpose at some level. And that's the same with any business. Right, right. That's the same with any business. And you have had success, uh, successful business like even present one, ProValet, and then Chrome Capital, Somerset, Somerset Capital Group. Yeah. Now, and, and, and then you also had uh, this clothing line, which did not do so well. So <laughs> in, in, in terms of, even with that much of an experience, it's, it can be sometimes be a 50-50 game. Entrepreneurship is good, and sometimes you need to have to ready to dust yourself off and get up. And again, get back to work. Yep. What a youngster, how do they decide which business is good for them, especially if they are not from a business family? Somebody who is, uh, who is a first generation entrepreneur, very young, it's a very good thing to go and live your dreams. But then how did you decide about your business ideas? Is there a certain way? Is there a yardstick to measure an idea? How did you do that for yourself? Well, uh, on the first business, I did very little planning. I did a lot more uh, creative uh, work, marketing work, but I didn't do a lot of business planning. 
Um, and I certainly didn't raise the capital I needed to make something successful. And I really did not understand, um, in the case of the clothing line, I did not understand how retail really worked. And I had some really strong people giving me advice, but it was very much a solo operation. Um, and although there was, I had some successes with it, it ultimately was not something that I was, I just wasn't really pas that passionate about it. You know, I, I, I came up with a good idea. I aligned it with uh, some of my values, which I thought was important. But at the end of the day, I wasn't as fully committed to the entire spectrum of responsibility attached to having a, a, a successful clothing line. So, um, uh, you, you know, going back to a, a, a platform of, of working with other people, you know, I found some uh, I found some things that I could push against. Right. So one of the things that um, I didn't like people to tell me what to do, but if I had the right structure, I could operate very successfully. And so I went from, you know, clothing line uh, into a sales role uh, where I was able to use uh, my interest in math and my interest in machinery uh, and my interest in developing relationships to build a very successful equipment leasing platform, equipment leasing business. Um, and you asked a question. Um, it wasn't just me alone. That business that I was working in was my father's. So he had, and he's a, he's an immigrant. Uh, he came to America as an immigrant and said, you know, this is, he didn't speak English. Um, and, uh, but he understood the American dream. And so he really pursued that throughout his life. Um, and the, and, and so there was some formation there of understanding what that looked like. And so when it came to learning about the equipment leasing business, um, he was, he was not a great, um, uh, day-to-day -day coach. He was a great sort of life example. And so it was from that that I was able to backfill with my strengths into creating a, um, uh, a really nice, uh, a, a really great uh, business. And we just had a lot of fun with it. But uh, I, I was also the one who said, hey, I think maybe based on our small size, maybe now's a good time to, you know, you that you should retire. <laughs> so so we, we were able to do that, which was which was a lot of fun. Right, right. Yeah. So suppose somebody starts a business, mm -hmm. then uh, then the uh, the important issue is to get clients to actually get it running. Mm -hmm. In that sense, uh, today you got a lot of tools and especially automation, automation tools. Yes. In terms of making your job easy, in terms of getting everything on uh, in one dashboard. But at the same time, there is this AI thing also coming in. So how could entrepreneurs, especially small businesses, look at automation? What should be their tech stack? How they must they should adopt Anki or and how much they should keep the human part alive into the business in terms of dealing in their day-to-day -day work? Well, that's great. So, yeah, great, great perspective. I love that question. Um so the tech stack is a, is a good place to start with that. I think uh, basic business uh, 101, uh, you've got to have your, um, you have to have your accounting, um, you know, QuickBooks online. I'm not, I'm not a 
I'm, I'm not for or against them, but I use them. It's a very easy platform to use from an accounting perspective. Uh, I don't think you can really uh, operate without having uh, that. And then you'd, you'd have to have um, uh, obviously a, a, a way to create your messaging uh, and getting your words, your word and your, your, your brand into the marketplace. And you have to have a way to actually bring that uh, business in. You know, one of the so there's a uh, coming into the business of uh, developing uh, software as a service platform. I've learned an awful lot about a tremendous number of great tools that people can use as foundational uh, business building blocks. Here's a great example. If uh, if you're a guy or a gal that wants to sell um, uh, a, a course. Maybe, you, maybe you're an expert in drawing uh, little red ponies and that business is something you think other people would like to learn how to do. You can go online and you can sign up for Kajabi, uh, K-A-J-A-B-I. And again, I don't use them. I've seen it. Uh, I have a client that wants to use it. And so I've, I've looked at it and it's been highly recommended by some very high profile SaaS experts as a way to build and sell a course online. And so, um, you know, uh, the brilliant part about where we are in our in our business evolution is that you've got every tool possible that you could ever conceive of available at your fingertips. And most of the really good ones are not a large capital investment. It's a monthly usage fee. Uh, Kajabi is the same way. You pay a, a small monthly fee and you can have your platform. You can build your whole platform. You can sell your platform. And then it, the income from that will pay pay for the Kajabi. It's, a, it's beautiful. Uh, if you want to build um, sales funnels, uh, so if you want to sell your your platform through uh, Facebook or Instagram or any other any one of the other social platforms, um, you can. There are sales funnel companies that you can hire. Click Funnels is another good one, um, uh, and it's again, it's a lot of work. They make it look really easy, but these tools really facilitate the necessary um, track to bring business in and then manage it. Right. Yeah. Right. And what about the customers and the customer service? Because how do I compete with the bigger companies? Is it that they are using a lot of these bots who are not, you know, instead of humans, so they are answering the calls. And a lot of people are not liking this, this sort of an interface. They yeah. want... Human to human interaction. I am uh, I'm old school, uh, AJ. Uh, when it when it comes to um, customer service, I think that you have to have a human involved. Um, there are a lot of companies that are moving away from that. Uh, big big companies. Uh, they don't have a telephone number. They don't even have an email address to send something to. Uh, you can click a button and you can chat with a bot online, and that's about it. Um, so in, in our case with Pro Valet, we've got um, we we retain a personal approach with all of our customers. 
uh, when you click the button uh, in the lower right-hand corner of our uh, uh, website, you'll actually get a person to respond to you in chat, not a bot. Um, there are some excellent bots out there. We've uh, we've worked with uh, various ones from HubSpot and Drift. Uh, again, terrific, um, conceptually terrific platforms to use to help with some of the basics, some of the basic questions. So I would uh, I would suggest that depending upon the business that you open, you could certainly look at uh, employing one or two of those. And because you have control over what the bot will respond and what it will respond to, uh, there's still some personalization there about who you are and, and how you would like to treat those people. And at what point you would convert them into speaking to a, um, a real person. So they're there. Right. And, you know, you did, you mentioned earlier about AI. I'm a big fan uh, of AI uh, for, in the case of chat GPT, as an example, this is the one that everybody's talking about that now Bard and uh, we've used uh, Jasper in the past. Um, and um, we use them specifically for crafting uh, messages, whether it's crafting emails or long form blogs or what have you. And in many ways, uh, what you get out of these things at this point, what, what you get is the, is our experience anyways, is that you get the basic bones of your message. Um, right. and then you can modify it and edit it so that you're, you're curating a message that sounds specifically like you, but there's, I've been very happy with the way they've come out. I, I, we did we did two long form blogs um, in about uh, thirty seconds uh, yesterday, and I I have a uh, have a, a, a Charlotte who works for me, and she she went through and she curated and tightened it up, and they're done today. So uh, those are those are excellent ways to continue to build up SEO, and and uh, Boy, I tell you what, if you can use a machine to help you start to build that stuff out, it becomes very easy. I am not a big fan of AI beyond that. <laughs> right. Be, be, beyond the first drop. That they say this, this, these things are good for the first drop. Yeah. And later on, the human comes in and they get those ideas and put them into the right perspective. I, I think it's all part of brand building. You know, and you think, you know, when you integrate a a, a, a a computer to be your brand, you're really, you're you're not really, you're not able to hit the mark with your customers. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And what about you know some tips on the sales and marketing part for small businesses? What they should keep in mind? What is it that 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 will work good in terms of in these times? Well, the first place is you have to have a plan. How many how many sales do I want to get? Um, and then where and 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 why? And then backing into the in our case, our go to market strategy for this platform includes uh, manual outbound uh, phone calls, uh, emails. Uh, we have a Facebook campaign that we're running right now. We're doing some testing to see how that will work. And then we also have the face-to-face -face contact with people at various expos. That's the way we're building our business right now. We would optimally like it to be all inbound. Uh, we think we feel like we have a, a significant competitive advantage against other field service software platforms. Although they've been out there for, for a good long time, they're great companies. 
the advantages that we're bringing to the table include, you know, automation of communication with your customers. So um, it's, a, it's a component that nobody else has at this point. So uh, in the case of a service business where uh, maybe you're performing the service, uh, you want to make sure you communicate to your customer that the job started and that it ended. Maybe you want to deliver to them a, an invoice automatically. Uh, maybe you want to know what they think. Uh, and so giving them, giving the homeowner uh, a mobile app allows the homeowner to actually have a voice in the service that's being delivered instead of uh, what I'll call the traditional methods of picking up a phone and leaving a voicemail. This way there's, we're using technology to communicate in ways that um, nobody else is. I'll give you an example. Yeah. And, and this happens regularly. Uh, a homeowner has a problem with it, in our case, uh, maybe with their pools, right? They've got a pool pump that's making a funny noise. And instead of leaving a long voicemail message, trying to replicate the noise of the pump, uh, they instead can actually use their, their Pro Valet homeowner app and click on a button to request service and they can add a video to it. So right. now, and when they hit submit, that's what lands on the, on the dashboard at the office. And so we're talking about automating, you know, what would normally be two or three phone calls back and forth, plus sending somebody out to the job to look at it, to analyze what the problem is, and then coming back and getting the parts or what have you to fix it. Now we're eliminating all of that. It's just simply, here's the problem. It lands on the dashboard and now it becomes a job that can be dispatched. So uh, really tightening the whole loop and, and creating a much more efficient um, relationship, a much higher degree of customer satisfaction, because we've also automated the communications of when the request is sent. Once it's looked at, the customer gets a message that says, oh, we've seen we're, we're reviewing your request. Right. So right. oftentimes that's all that we really want to do is communicate just enough so that people feel like they're heard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like you see, even on this particular thing on my show also, be part of the show, be heard. That's this whole platform also about. And yes. everybody wants to be heard. You know, even I want to be heard many a times and many a times I, I, I try to share my perspective on things wherever possible. But it's a masterclass for a lot of masters who speak here. I try to absorb most of the time. In terms of, because they are the leaders of whatever they do. So coming back to the small businesses, as an entrepreneur, how does one take care of the leading part, leading the team? Because a lot of these youngsters, they themselves do not have that experience. So much of experience in terms of leading people. Yeah, and that I, is where they I, need I, that I, understanding. There, uh, so uh, there's a there's a phrase that I've heard in the past is that leaders are not born, they're made, and leaders cannot be made efficiently. I don't think, and they can't be made well unless they actually understand biology. And the biology is you are given two ears and one mouth. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> take the cotton out of here and put it in here and listen and learn. And, uh, and so uh, I think some of the best leadership, you know, I have people that have worked for me at, at, at different companies and I stay in contact with them. Um, and they, they talk about um, 
how much they valued how we ran the business. And a lot of it had to do with making sure that we heard what they needed. And I, I mentioned this before, when we hired people, our job is to make sure that they have, uh, that their God-given gifts are aligned with our objectives. And if they are, we let them go. And if they need something, they tell us what they need to make it, to make their, their lives and their livelihood even that much better. Uh, that I think has worked quite well. I've been in other organizations where it's very top down, uh, you know, sort of a pile driver approach to you must do this, you must do it this way, and that's it. And that works for some people. In my case, my leadership style is very different. I, I like to listen to my team and hear what they need and then figure out a way to make sure they get what they need as quickly as possible. Right, right. You talked about listening. Yes. And a lot of times, you know, when you are young, you get to hear a lot of advice from everywhere. So what should I actually focus on listening to? And what is the time I should speak as a leader of my team uh, instead of listening? When is the time to speak? When is the time to take action? And when is the time to listen so that, you know, we all achieve a success in terms of whatever we are doing? Yeah, it's a, uh, that's, that can be difficult. Uh, that can be challenging, um, picking the right time, because when you're running a business, time is of the essence. And so right. there can be a lot of listening and not a lot of action. So I think, <clears throat> I think in my case, I like to listen and then cooperatively put together a plan we agree to on a time frame that we agree to with objectives that we agree to. And so then we have something that we're both measuring equally. And so uh, the need for speaking up comes when we're simply measuring it and saying, we're either exceeding that goal, meeting the goal, or we're behind the goal. And if we're behind the goal, why? And what do we need to do to adjust it? Is the goal is the goal still relevant? So there's a there's a conversation that happens more so than maybe uh, a talking to. It's a talking with. Right, right, Peter. Tell us a bit about your business, especially you know Pro Valor, and what does it exactly do? You have mentioned a bit, but so that the audience understands this better, and also they can connect with you. So that they can learn more about you and also businesses to engage with you. Well, you broke up on that last part, but I think yeah. I got the gist yeah. of it. So, uh, yeah. How, how yeah, do businesses so, also, if they want to connect with you for business purposes? Yeah, so uh, they can connect with us online at provalet.io uh, and book a demo. I'm happy to give a demo to anybody who's even curious. Um, that's probably the best way to to engage with, with us to learn more details. But in a thumbnail description, our platform automates the operations for service businesses where... Um, more than 50% of all service businesses are being managed by pencil and paper or with an Excel spreadsheet. We take all of that manual uh, tasking and we automate uh, for service companies their scheduling, 
their dispatching. We um, automate their invoicing. We automate payment collections and we automate customer communications. Those, those are the, uh, the most time consuming elements of running any service business. And in particular, we're focused on what I refer to as the regular interval service companies. Um, instead of uh, an appointment driven business like an HVAC or electrician or a plumber, we're focused on the people that perform a regular service, maybe weekly or every other week, pool service, lawn care, um, home cleaning, pest control, um, even home watch. We have a, a service in the United States called home watch where somebody who isn't always home has somebody who comes in and actually looks to make sure that there are no leaks as an example. Right. So um, all of those businesses uh, uh, are candidates to use the pro valet platform and we simply help them through a web app designing their service forms. Uh, it's uh, modular, it's click and click and drag. It's very easy to put them together. And we marry those up in a subscription with their customers uh, and then assign them to technicians. The technicians have a mobile app where they get their dispatch that tells them what to do and where to go and, and uh, every day. Um, and in doing so, they, they'll take uh, photos, they'll collect data, and all of that data, once it's all put into their phone, uh, now becomes part of the customer's record automatically back on the dashboard. And then also simultaneously at the customer edge. This I talked about a little bit earlier, the, the, the customer uh, homeowner app is a really cool feature that is uh, is really making waves. We're we're excited about it because it's a lot like having Uber on your with your service uh, business. When you show up to do when your service tech shows up to do the job and he checks in, you get a notification. You might be sitting at the office or maybe you're on vacation and you know, okay, the service is being taken care of. And so when it's completed, you get another notification and then you can look on your phone. You can look at the full report, including the photos and see what happened. You can rate the service. You can pay for the service. Um, you can tip the technician. <laughs> and as I as I as I mentioned before, you can also request service. The other cool thing, and and this is a really interesting thing about these businesses that we're we're dealing with. Ninety nine percent of them are referral based businesses. It's a big part of any business is if you can get referrals to say, hey, this is a good guy to work with or this is a good gal to work with, boy, I tell you what, your business just explodes. And right. so we've created that facility inside the customer app where a homeowner might say, hey, you know, my my neighbor might really like this. So they can send that name in. And now the um, and now that uh, that company has a new referral to go ahead and follow up on to help grow their business. Right, right. And yeah. what is the best way to connect with you and your business? So uh, you can certainly send me emails, uh, peter at provalet.io is a great way to connect with me. Um, you can also find, uh, find us by, if you click on uh, uh, schedule a demo on our website, provalet.io in the upper right hand corner, you can click that and you can uh, connect with us that way as well. I'm on, right. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn also. You can look up Peter Wasmer on LinkedIn. Be happy to engage in a discussion there as well. That's probably the, 
easiest way. I don't do a lot of uh, social media stuff, although the Pro Valet uh, uh, app is uh, is uh, well known. We've got a lot of followers on Instagram and uh, starting starting to get going on Facebook too. So, right, right. You you have given a lot of insight into how an entrepreneurs what entrepreneurship all about and what are the different stages in which you know entrepreneurs and small businesses can you know fine tune the way they move forward in this journey. My yeah. last question to you. Peter, is that you have achieved so much. You have different businesses. You have sold one of them. And I don't know more about uh, the other businesses, but you have all achieved everything that you have wanted to, if I can look at it. What is it then that keeps you going further? What is it that you seek for yourself now at this stage? Well, <clears throat> I'm I'm infinitely curious, and uh, you know, curiosity uh, killed the cat, as they say. But uh, <laughs> so so far, I must have nine lives. Uh, I've certainly I've certainly taken my lumps in in, uh, in in any of the businesses, but it's been a it's been a great uh, it's been a great journey, and that's really it. I think is probably the where I land personally on anything that I'm doing is that there isn't one particular place that you end up. You know, I think a lot of people are uh, shown a picture that, you know, you're this entrepreneur, you're very successful, and then you sell your business and you go and retire on your boat or, you know, at your, at your mountain house or something like that. And I suppose in some cases that happens, uh, but that isn't what really uh, keeps me going. I'm just, I'm, con I'm continually interested in the journey what are the what's next i just we're here for only a very short amount of time uh and there's an awful lot that can be done and um you you know you can do anything you want with your life you just can't do everything but i'm gonna right. try <laughs> wonderful wonderful you have put it really well on this note it's a wrap on this very special edition of the kj masterclass live Thank AJ. you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you, AJ. Thank you very much. And thanks to your audience. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you.